Baltics, the Arctic, where you find a lot of fish. That matters in a world where the price of fish in Russia is up 50% in a year. Same in China, very much more aggressive in the South China Sea because 10% of the world's fish supply is right there. So the book is about explaining how these little signals, like the price of fish, actually begin to convey into events that will begin to occur. And some of them are challenging, like geopolitical events, but some of them are very positive and tell you about where your future lies, where you can have a career and make money. And how about in the UK in particular? What's going on? So many different aspects. I mean, this is an incredibly dynamic and competitive economy, uh, which always surprises the British when I say that because they don't really believe it. Uh, but as an example, Amazon just announced that they're going to be testing the delivery of packages to homes with drones. They've chosen Britain because it's such a high-tech center. Uh, and I'm very optimistic about what's happening between Birmingham and Manchester, the whole Midlands corridor. Again, a part of the world, the British are like, what? Who would want to go there? And in fact, emerging markets are very focused and a lot of Chinese businesses are buying into manufacturing in that area. So I'm really optimistic about what I see in the UK. In the book, I talk about Brexit and the reasons why I thought it was going to happen. Uh, it's not a local phenomena. It's a part of a global situation, which I describe this way. The debt is so huge, it literally bears down on every business, every family, every person, and every nation. And the pain that it creates causes people to ask a very profound question, which is, why is the wealth in my society being distributed to somebody else and not to me? And once you ask that question, you start to ask a second question is, how come these guys are in charge? And that's how we begin to see people say, I'd rather have my own people in charge or control over my future, which is what gives you separatist movements. So Brexit is one of them, but it's not the only one. We have them in Catalonia and we have them, frankly, in other European nations. You know, we have Augsit uh, in Austria and Hugsit is the Hungarian version. And some people call it the Italian version, I tax it. It's all these people saying the system is not delivering to me and I want a different form of government, a different way of distributing the wealth. And so I see it happening even in the U.S. You know, California has a petition to separate into three different states. It's a similar thing. So I'm pretty optimistic that the British will come through Brexit. And actually, the dividing line is no longer between the UK and the EU. It's between the EU and its citizens everywhere to come up with a better system that delivers better economic outcomes. Sure. So what can we do on a micro scale to prevent any economic repercussions of the Brexit vote? Well, the most important thing, people always ask me, what will tomorrow's economy look like? And my answer is, well, it depends on you. So if you decide to hunker down into fear, we're going to get one outcome. And if you decide to have a vision and take a risk and build for tomorrow's economy, we're getting a different outcome. So I think the British are very good at building. I think the British are very good at being optimistic through dark times. And, you know, like many nations, this country has had its share of troubles over the years and people have a way of overcoming them. So I think that the key is for everybody to look inside and you start to think about what are my true skills? What are my true capabilities? And that will tell you what you are capable of. Luckily, we live in a world today, too, where we have lifetime education, you know, online access to tremendous resources. Uh, I think there are ways we can build tomorrow's economy. I see loads of examples that we're already doing it, which actually the last third of the book is all about the optimistic examples of people who are already doing this. 
Amazing. And do you think it's fair to say that from a financial perspective, it's more challenging to be in your 30s now than it was, say, 30 years ago? Oh, you know, this is a this is a big debate. You know, people talk about the 18-year-olds who stormed the beaches at Normandy. You know, how do we compare our situation today to that? Uh, I think everybody who's young finds their situation difficult. You know, it's a period in life when you have a lot of uncertainty. Everybody learns to live with uncertainty one way or another. So the point is to consider what are your options. So, for example, people are realizing they may not own a home during their lifetime. They may be renters. Actually, is that so terrible? Maybe they invest their capital into other things. One of the messages I have in the book is the most important investment you can make, it sounds strange, but it's actually in yourself. You know, everybody loves to ask the question, should I buy stocks or bonds? You know, what will happen to interest rates?